This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Pat Cummins. I'm Josh Hazelwood. I'm Elizabeth Kawaja. I'm Mitch Marsh. I'm Mitch Stark, and you're listening to the Unplayable Podcast. This is the Unplayable Podcast. On this week's episode, we speak to South Australia Redbacks quick Kane Richardson and preview the upcoming JLT Sheffield Shield season with cricket.com.au feature writer Adam Burnett. Now, we've got to start with Australia's gutsy draw in the first test against Pakistan. The Aussies batted 140 overs in the searing Dubai heat in the second innings to save the test. With Usman Khawaja, the mainstay, he faced 302 balls and scored 141. Now, the second test starts on Tuesday, October 15 in Abu Dhabi. Pace ace Mitchell Stark has declared himself fit and firing. Unless that green tinge on the pitch remains, it's, uh, it's unlikely we'll see any changes to the Australian eleven. Now, remember, for all your live scores, video highlights and radio commentary of the second test, you can find that all at cricket.com.au and the CA Live app. Right, let's get into the show with Kane Richardson who has been named in South Australia's 12-man squad to face New South Wales at the Adelaide Oval in round one of the JLT Sheffield Shield. Welcome back to the Unplayable Podcast, number 55, Kane Richardson. Now, Kane, you're in uh, doing a bit of grocery shopping as we speak, right? I am. I am in aisle one. I'm in the bread and cereal section, which, as everyone knows, is quite an essential part of the, uh, the food shop. That's right, the pyramid. I think it's somewhere near the bottom. Uh, mate, uh, before we get into the Redbacks Shepherd Shield campaign and all two and everything that comes after that, did you stay up and watch the last day of the first test in Dubai? I did watch some of it. I, I didn't watch it all to the end. I was pretty happy to, to look the next morning and see the result, but I stayed up until Hetty um, got trapped LBW and then it was time for me to retire for the evening. But yeah, I saw quite a bit of the, uh, the five days. It was great test cricket. How about Travis Head, your South Australian teammate? Uh, that was a, a crucial knock by him in the fourth innings. Um, have you spoken to him? Have you swapped any text messages with, with him after that? Yeah, I've yeah swapped a few during the game and um, and after as well, just checking in with him, seeing how he's going. But uh, yeah, I, what a fight back to get a duck in the first innings and then dealing with that rough outside off stump um, takes some mental strength. So. One good thing about Hetty is he does tend to forget failures pretty quickly. He tends to bounce back and just rise the wave. So um, that's a massive tick for him, and hopefully he's got some runs in this next test. Well, the next test starts on Tuesday, the same day the Redbacks start their Shield campaign for the season. How do you rate your form going into the Shield season, Kane? Um, hard to hard to get a gauge on. I mean, one day cricket because your good balls can go to the boundary quite often, but. Yeah. Um, Felt like the ball came out okay. All you can do is the bowlers kind of put it in the area you want and the rest is kind of up to the batsman. But um, I had a couple of quiet games against Queensland who were pretty good at whacking fast bowling. So um, that's the way it goes. But um, body's feeling good and, and ready to play some Red Bull cricket if needed. How hard's the transition from going from white ball cricket into red ball cricket with you know less than two weeks of preparation? Um, no, I think it's a good lead-in. I think um, especially our JLT 
uh, schedule was pretty full on in terms of training, playing, um, and then travel. So we didn't really have much time off. So you get plenty of Ks under the legs. And um, and in terms of bowling, it's not too dissimilar anyway because you take the new ball in one-day cricket and try and bowl a decent area. So that's pretty much the game plan in Shield cricket. Now, Redbacks have made two previous Shield finals until last year where they end up coming bottom of the table. What did the team learn from that and how have you gone about trying to fix it this summer? Um, yeah, it's, well, once again, it's hard to say we finished bottom last year because it's such a tight competition and I think we were in the hunt um, till we lost round nine. I think we lost in Tasmania and we're kind of out of it. So I think we're in a reasonable position um, after Christmas, after the big bash. Um, but yeah, we just we lost those last couple of games, which kind of hurt us. But I think in the wash-up, all it was was probably our batting just in the first innings let us down a few few times and even our bowling did as well. So we're kind of trying to claw back games after the first innings, which is always hard. You'd rather be in a winning position than trying to fight your way back in. So that's something we'll try and do a lot better at this year. Now, I'm sure your focus right now is to select a low-carb bread, but in terms of cricket, uh, what's going to be your focus with the red ball this summer? Uh, well, taking as many wickets as I can would probably be a good focus to start with. Well, and then that's the not getting one, injured at the same time. Yeah, that, that, those not getting injured and taking wickets is probably the plan. Um, but oh, there's more to that as well. We've got a pretty good bowling group down here and uh, I don't know how much opportunity I'll, I'll get to start with. So um, we'll just see how it goes. But if I'm fit and um, and ready to play, that's all I can do. And hopefully I can have an impact in helping us um, win a shield that's eluded us for 23 years, I think. So we're due to win one. You're due. What aisle are you in right now? I've just progressed out of uh, aisle two. So I'm in... Uh, the specialty section now for the the vegans, so this is where I do my best work. Well, you might be here for the rest of the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, now, do you feel like the stakes are a little bit higher this Shield season because there are five rounds before that first test against India and there's still a fair amount of uncertainty around the Test 11? Do you think that maybe this year above others might have uh, the stakes might be somewhat higher given that there are just so many opportunities available at the highest level at the moment? Yeah, yeah, there definitely is. I don't know if there's more at stake because I think the last few years, especially, there's been a lot of opportunity um, there anyway. So I don't think that's changed much. But um, I think the positive thing for guys is that, uh, well, hopefully your performances are going to be rewarded. And when you look at the team that's over in the UAE now, you look at um, Michael Nesser and John Holland, those those couple of guys did really well in Shield Cricket last year. So they are going to reward performances. So that's really positive as a state cricketer to know that if you do well, then there's a, a good opportunity to play for your country. So uh, that's really that's what domestic cricket cricketers need is just that opportunity to, to go out there and know that, that if they do well, then they can get picked. Looking at the other five teams, who do you think poses the biggest threat to stopping uh, South Australia's title drought? Um, well, you'd probably just go with the team that won it last year in Queensland. They're, they, uh, they won it last year, so they're going to be the hunted. But I think they've got a really good balance in their team with Wildermuth as the all-rounder. That's, to have a really good settled all-rounder um, helps so much in shield cricket, especially in the bowling. So um, I'll pick them. But like like we just said, with the Australian selections, you never know who's going to be available or unavailable. So um, it could be anyone. Is there a player in your side you're excited to, excited to pl- see play this summer? Is there someone that sort of stands out for you? Um, yeah, well, the 
the boy is probably going to debut tomorrow, Lloyd Pope, or we call him Lloyd Warren. But, um, <laughs> he's he's exciting. Um, obviously, having Zamps away um, for the first couple of games gives him a really good opportunity, and um, it's nice having two pretty quality leg spinners in your squad because they can win your games. So I'll pick him. But there's a few. There's a few with the bat. Um, Jake Weatherall, Harry Nilsson. There's a lot of young guys coming through that are starting to show their uh, ability at state state level. So um, you could pick any of them, but because Popey looks so unique, I'll just go with him. He certainly does. What was he like when he came back from that Australia uh, under 19s tour? He took that eight for against England. I'm sure if he's got anything to do, uh, any similarities with uh, Mr. Warren, he would be letting everyone know about it. Yeah, he's pretty confident. Um, <laughs> I think uh, he was at our Bradman Medal Night, which is the uh, domestic, uh, sorry, the Club Cricketer of the Year awards night, and he was getting photos with local celebrities. I think the Channel 10 News reporter was got a photo taken with him. Um, she said she was such a big fan, so he's starting to make strides off the field as well, which is always pleasing for a leg spinner from Australia to be to be doing that. I'm sure it's. Uh... Pumped up his tyres a little bit, no doubt. Uh, and I know you want to take lots of wickets and stay healthy and uh, you know do all that stuff that fast bowlers should do. But is there an opposition batter that you're looking forward to testing your skills against? Someone you, you always relish coming up against? Um, well, there's a few bunnies, uh, <laughs> but I probably won't name them. Uh, no, you can name them. Because oh, well, Marcus Stoinis, I tend to, I could probably fart him out and he'd probably edge him, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, who would it be? I think Nick Maddinson, now he's down at Victoria, is going to be a dangerous one because I know Andrew McDonald pretty well and he's pretty relaxing. Um, his players can be dangerous when they're in a good frame of mind and very relaxed. And we know what Maddo's capable of when he's when he's in form. So um, probably him. I'll go with him just because I think he's he's one of the most talented blokes going around. But for whatever reason, New South Wales didn't work out. So I reckon he's going to have a huge year at a at a new state. Um, under a coach like Ronnie, so I'll go with him. How about your time in the ODI side over in England this winter? The results didn't go the Australians' way, but what did you take out of it? Um, that, uh, yeah, that was as tough as I've played in international cricket in terms of bowling. Um, just how important starting well is in, in one-day cricket. If you have a poor first over, it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the day, and as much as you want to kind of turn it around in your next bowl, it's so hard to change that momentum and and their batting group was absolutely on fire so um, yeah it's just uh, the, the wash up to me from JL was about starting well and I didn't manage it. I think every game over there I, I went for a boundary in my first over and all of a sudden you know the pressure's on and I start questioning myself a little bit but just how important starting well is for, for setting up your day and your 10 overs in a game um, you can't afford to cough up anything so um, that was a serious tour in terms of learning as an international bowler, not just for me, but all the other boys who were there as well. Yeah, so the World Cup is in England next year. And after that series, what gives you the confidence that you can go and do a job over there in those conditions if selected next year? Um, well, I mean, you always have confidence in your ability through through past performances, but mm. that was my first taste of English conditions. I'd never even been as a young bloke to play club cricket or anything like that. So... Um, it was, yeah, definitely a learning experience. I think I actually came out of it okay in terms of my stats at the end of the tournament, but I think I um, was probably helped by not playing that, that 481 game at Trent Bridge. So, yeah, that might um, help. <laughs> stats, stats, yeah, stats don't tend to tell the whole story, but um, well, I think all the grounds are so unique and different and all the wickets are a little bit different as well. So 
there's going to be grounds where you're going to do a bit better at than ones where you're going to struggle. But um, in the end, if, if selected, you're always going to have confidence that you can do a job if, if needed. But there's plenty of good quality quicks in this country at the moment. So it's going to be a, a fight to get it on the plane over there. What do you reckon it's going to take for Australia to reverse that poor ODI form and be a real contender in the World Cup next year? Um, well, first of all, just getting some confidence back in in the game. Well, not the game style, but just some key performers in the team. I think there was very little contribution in terms of the batting. Finch has been such a good opener for Australian one-day career, but he was batting in the middle. Um, Hetty was promising, but would get starts and then get out. So if you've got a few blokes who are really cashing in, like Johnny Bairstow and Jason Roy and Joe Root, those guys were over there. It just makes your job so much easier. So uh, I think once those once those boys start playing consistent one day cricket again, I'm sure they'll uh, they'll turn it around and and then a fit and fire and bowling attack will, will help as well. And finally, Kane, and this is quite topical, I guess, and I, I can't believe it's worked out like this way. But um, what is the go-to meal for a vegan cricketer? I mean, if you're in the section <laughs> right now, what's the one thing you have to get it's on the item list every time? Oh, well, everyone just thinks we eat lettuce and broccoli, so you can't forget <laughs> can't forget those two. Um, he was my wife actually, so she does most of the cooking. So uh, whatever she picks. But if I'm going to the supermarket, I'm getting 500 grams of pasta, mm. a bottle of tomato sauce, and probably some chickpeas. Chickpeas are the ones I tend to go to. They're my go-to. So um, you can build decent biceps on chickpeas, apparently. So I'll uh, I'll keep. Keep eating them and doing a few more kills at the gym. You're the exception to the rule. <laughs> what rule is that? <laughs> no, another no, bicep rule. But that's all right. Keep going, mate. It uh, <laughs> takes a long time with chickpeas, I'm sure. Mate, uh, you can't forget the tofu as well. The tofu. Incredi- incredibly lean. Incredibly lean. Oh, okay. There you go. Uh, bananas. Are you a, a banana man like Peter Siddle? Yeah. Yeah, not not to the quantity of, of SIDS, but yeah, I'll probably have at, at the, in the house at one given time so just the uh, variety you can get out of um, using them you can use them in so many different things Sam so um, quite a useful thing to have around the house oh they're a versatile fruit I've always said that uh, mate thank yeah. you thank you so much for coming on the show good luck with the rest of the shop the season and then uh, everything else that comes with it thanks mate I'm in aisle 7 so that was done quicker than I thought so always a pleasure It's now our great pleasure to welcome Adam Burnett on the show to preview the JLT Sheffield Shield season. Welcome aboard, AB. Hello, Sammy. How are you, mate? I'm very well. It's a little bit damp and overcast here in the, on the eastern states at the moment. It sure is. Uh, we've had biblical rain up here in Queensland, and um, yeah, I've got my fingers crossed that we do see some shield action this week, because uh, if it keeps up like this, we may not. All right. Uh, abu.cricket.com.au's features editor and writer, those in-depth long-form reads. Uh, how many have you done now and what have been some of your favourites? Oh, I, I must be getting up to around 20, I reckon, Sam, um, in the last sort of 12 to 15 or so months. They're good fun and um, yeah, I don't know about it. my favourites. It's like asking you to pick a favourite child, although I guess it's a bit harder than that because I've only got one of those. But... um. Mate, I did uh, Greg Chappell turning 70 recently and um, that was a good experience to speak to Chappell, one of the legends of the game, and sort of see where he's at with his life now. And But then I, I do like to do some untold sort of stories as well. Um, spoke to an intellectually disabled cricketer, David Baird, earlier in the year, who was a fascinating guy, had an amazing life story. Um, 
so yeah, just kind of exploring a few stories that maybe haven't been broadcast as widely as some of the mainstream ones. All right, let's get stuck into this JLT Shepherd Shield season preview. And right off the bat, it's worth mentioning the only place you can watch the live stream of the Sheffield Shield is at cricket.com.au and the CA Live app. Plus, there'll be bulk highlights, news and all the scores. AB, I know you'll be watching every ball. I certainly will. I'll be uh, watching live from the Gabba on Tuesday. Um, like I say, provided the uh, the weather clears. And um, yeah, I'll be checking out the live stream from around the country as well. It should be good. Looking forward to it, Sammy. Well, let's start in Brisbane. The Bulls are the defending Shield champions, but their success ABS come at a price with five players earning Test Squad call-ups. So they're a little bit weaker than they were last year, but they still have plenty of class players and some exciting youngsters, including Joe Burns and Max Bryant. AB, what are you expecting from the Queenslanders this season? Yeah, they take a dent, don't they, with five guys. It's like uh, we normally see that with New South Wales. Um, But it's, it's the Bulls' turn this time around to have a big chunk out with um, testo missions. So, yeah, like you say, it's, it's a price they pay for success. Um, this time around, yeah, they've got some very exciting young players. I think we've got a taste of that in the JLC Cup with Maxi Bryant and even Sam Hazlitt is only 23. Those guys opening up and um, playing very attacking, very exciting cricket. Max Bryant in particular, they're talking about him as, as one for the heat to watch in the Big Bash this season as well. So, It'll be interesting to see if he uh, gets a first-class debut, whether he sticks with the same uh, gung-ho approach. But I'm tipping he very much will. It seems as though he's a, he's a one-gear man. Right, and Sammy Hazlitt, he's played one-day cricket for Australia and had a fantastic JLT one-day cup. What are you expecting out of him, AB? Can he transfer that one-day that one-day form into first-class form? Yeah, I think so. He's uh, He's had a bit of a bad run with injuries in the last couple of seasons, but... I think he's averaging sort of mid-30s so far in first-class cricket, made 100 on debut for the Bulls a couple of years back. Like you said, he went on and was sort of randomly picked for the Aussie one-day squad. But um, no, he, he looks a quality first-class cricketer. And, yeah, I think this will probably be his best season yet. I think you can expect plenty of runs from him. And without the guys like Labashain, Kawaja, Renshaw at the moment, he's a guy who's going to have to step up. Right. Tasmania. They were the runners-up last year in the, the first year under head coach uh, Adam Griffith. Now, there is no big, there is no Ben McDermott for the Tigers after he was called up to Australia's T20 side, uh, but this is another side that has that coveted blend of youth and experience led by George Bailey. Now, there's interestingly no specialist spinner in the squad to face the Bulls at Gabba in round one. There's lots to like about the Tigers. Who's caught your eye, A.B.? Yeah, they're sort of enjoying a bit of a renaissance at the moment, the Tigers, aren't they, under a bit of new new leadership and management down there. They had a bit of a, a rejig of things and um, they've made three finals across three formats recently. So they're doing very well. Um, it's a rematch of the Shield final, isn't it? So it's, it's going to be interesting to see who stands up for them. But I like a couple of their quicks. I like guys like Gabe Bell, Riley Meredith. These guys, even Tom Rogers, they're, they're guys who are sort of unheralded to a degree and um, but they've been doing the job for the Tigers and I reckon George Bailey will feel very comfortable throwing the ball to those sorts of quicks and um, getting some results. And that attack is spearheaded by Jackson Bird who might consider himself slightly unlucky not to be in Dubai with the Test squad. He's got lots to prove and he's already said that the Ashes 2019 might be his international swung song. So to get on that trip he's going to need to have a, a strong shield season and it starts at the Gabba. 
It does. I reckon he might fancy it starting at the Gabba too. It's probably had some decent results or at least like the look of the uh, the conditions up there, But um, especially if it stays overcast. But, uh, yeah, there's a few guys obviously gunning for that 2019 Ashes. Um, working on a piece with uh, James Pattinson. I spoke to him recently, and he's sort of on the comeback trail from injury as well and really targeting that 2019 Ashes. So Bird, Pattinson, they're reasonable backups to uh, the big three, aren't they? Stark, Hazelwood. And coming. No shortage of fast bowls in the country at the moment, AB. Now, uh, third place belonged to the Victorians last summer with three wins from 10 matches. There's no Glenn Maxwell or Aaron Finch to start the season for the Vicks, but they do have Peter Hanscom and veteran Cameron White. Farwood Ahmed is also back. He's won a contract after playing those four matches in the JLT One Day Cup. He's likely to play over there in Western Australia, while Will Pukowski who's that talented uh, talented young batsman, but he's suffered just way too many concussions for, for such a young man. He's also been included in the squad to take on the Warriors. Uh, I guess it's a big one for Hanscom, isn't it? Having been dropped from the test team, he was player of the tournament in the JLT Cup. He's got a big first half of the Shield season coming up to try and squeeze his way, to force his way back into that test team. He sure does, doesn't he? I mean, he started in a blaze of glory a couple of years ago in, in Baggy Green. I think he... 50-odd on debut, winning runs, then a hundred, a couple of hundreds in his next couple of tests. It was just all going right for him. And then last summer, it sort of all went wrong. Uh, a lot of question marks about his technique all of a sudden, which he maintains had, had barely changed from when he was scoring all those runs. So, yeah, it's a tricky one for him. But he looks like he's found some form again. JLT Cup was kind to him. He made plenty of half centuries. I think there was four or five on the trot there. So, yeah, he's in some touch. Um uh, I think he's a, a good chance for some runs. Um, and like you mentioned, Cameron White there as well. He just keeps on scoring runs. So they've got a couple of bankers there, I reckon, the Vicks. What about Marcus Harris at the top of the order? He has had two very prolific seasons for the Victorians at the opening the batting. Do you reckon he's a potential bolter for the summer, maybe? Well, he's certainly another banker, isn't he? I mean, I think um, Harris... Well, I reckon he would be just about up there with most shield runs in the last couple of seasons. Like you say, he's been super consistent. Um, but we don't hear his name mentioned too much. He did leave WA in a bit of a interesting state, I have I have uh, a recollection of. So I'm not sure how uh, where he's at in terms of his relationship with Justin Langer. Um, that may be a roadblock for him. But um, you never know. If he, if he keeps churning out the runs, that's uh, always the best currency, they say, isn't it? That's right, and the ageless, the evergreen Farwood Ahmed, uh, I guess playing in Perth, it's not the um, it's not the friendliest place for spin bowlers. But if he gets a go, he just has proven his class time and time again. Kind of shockingly, I guess was left out of that a one day squad, and Tom O'Connor was was picked ahead of him, the youngster from South mm. Australia. But he came in and once again proved super accurate. Had that deception uh, that leg spinners, well, the best leg spinners possess. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he goes because he is one of the leading spin bowlers in the country over the past four or five years. For sure. And um, I think he's one of the most well-liked cricketers in the country too, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. There was a, quite a bit of outrage when Farwad was left out of that Victorian squad. And it makes sense. I mean, the guy, is he's a winner too. He's had a lot of success over recent years in, in different formats. And he had a super uh, Caribbean Premier League from all reports. So to come in and uh, be impressive and, important for the Vicks. It was it was no real surprise. And, yeah, hopefully he uh, continues. I think he's 36 now, but age doesn't seem a barrier for Farwad. 
Yes, I think those papers might be somewhat missing over there. They're, they're not exactly the most official document. I, I think the, uh, the um, birth certificates of Farwood Ahmed, uh, there's a couple floating around. He looks around. good for 36, though. He's looking great. He's evergreen. Western Australia, they're going to host Victoria in the first game of the season, and they've just released their squad AB. Packed full of fast bowlers, all-rounders. They've got a surprise spinner in Usman Kedia, who's... First signed up for the Perth Scorchers, but then ended up making his debut for the Warriors in the JLT One Day Cup, and now looks like he's going to get a bit of shield action. Yeah, yeah all three formats for Usman, and uh, two months ago we'd never even heard of him. So, yeah, he's uh, certainly turning heads in WA. He looks um, looks a pretty good spinner, doesn't he? I mean, seemed to have all the tricks, especially he had a nice wrongman, which uh, baffled a few in the JLT Cup, and. You're right, they do have a very good squad as usual, the Warriors, uh, even without the Marsh brothers. Um, you've got three quality all-rounders there in Hilton Cartwright, Marcus Stoinis and Cameron Green. They're all kind of at different points of their careers, but it's going to be interesting to see how all three of those guys go, actually. Absolutely. Cartwright in particular, he was in the test side 12 months ago when they were over there playing in Bangladesh, but now with Mitchell Marsh come back in, Full fitness, and he's also the vice captain, uh, Marcus Stoinis, his teammate, who's been mentioned for possible test selection uh, in the past 12 months. We don't really know where Cartwright is in the picking order, but a player with immense ability. It'd be interesting to see what he does and where he sort of fits in that test jigsaw at the moment. Yeah, for sure. I think he's struggled for runs in England um, over the winter uh, or the northern summer, and he was a guy who, yeah, he's kind of disappeared a little bit from that test discussion um, right at the wrong time too because there are obviously plenty of spots up for grabs in the UAE but yeah he didn't really factor in um, and neither did Marcus Stoinis who was a surprise omission from the um, T20 squad that's over in Dubai now I think they left on Sunday so Stoinis um, certainly has an opportunity to impress uh, he's had a couple of really below par shield seasons um, but you know, a couple more games of Shield here as opposed to the T20 stuff in the UAE might give him his chance to, to push for that baggy green that has eluded him so far. And how impressive are the fast bowling stocks over there in Perth? We've got Cameron Green, Matthew Kelly, Simon Mackin and David Mooney. They're going to be the fast bowlers for them. But missing from that team, Jason Beridoff, Nathan Coulter, Joel Paris. I mean, they're players with international experience. It's kind of scary how they just keep rolling out the quicks over there. Yeah, absolutely. And they talk about, you know, it being a production line because they love bowling on the fast and bouncy whacker, but it's not really a fast and bouncy whacker anymore, is it? So it's just a, a quirk of, of some kind that these Western Australians produce these excellent fast bowlers. They all seem to hit that line in length that cause a lot of trouble, and a lot of them are very, very tall, which helps. Cameron Green is huge. He's only a teenager, but um, he's overcome a few injuries now and, and is looking the good yet. Goods. He actually travelled with the Aussie A squad to India uh, a couple of months back just as an observer, but apparently learned a lot along the way. And, um, yeah, there's big raps about him. Not only his bowling, but um, he's another one of these tall batsmen in the Edwards mould that um, that seems to uh, have jumped out of nowhere in the last couple of seasons. And I failed to mention Jai Richardson and Andrew Tyre, who are on international duty as well. So lots so and lots like of... five, Sammy. Yeah, I know. Five, lots of... <laughs> too many fast bowlers to count. Unbelievable. Uh, the Blues, they started off the Shield season with a bang. Mitchell start taking a couple of hard tricks. They won their first three games. 
but that was with their test stars. When they left, they failed to record another victory. That led to changes on and off the field. They got a new coach in Phil Jakes and an, an, and an injection of youth with three uncut players a chance to make their debut against South Australia. Uh, JLT Cup heroes Jack Edwards and Daniel Sams are two of those uh, uncut players. And AB, I can't wait to see what this young Jack Edwards can do at shield level. He was a, a, a phenomenal story in the one day. Let's hope that he can recreate that in the Red Bull game. Yeah, for sure, Sammy. Uh, I know up here in Brisbane there's quite a few um, folk at the National Cricket Centre there who are very excited about him. They've been watching him pretty closely, as have you, I believe, from your base in Sydney there. You've been following him pretty closely, and uh, I reckon you'll be riding him all the way through his uh, maiden innings in, in Shield cricket this week. Absolutely. I'm just envious of his haircut. <laughs> or just the volume. Yeah, either or. <laughs> I'll take Mickey's. Just it's a it's a wonderful lock of blonde, blonde flowing hair. Uh, if, if he keeps that up, I'm yeah. runs a runs a second in my opinion. Keep that going. He's all right. But they've got some. But they're big boys too. The Edwards boys, aren't they? They must be what six foot five, six foot six. Yeah, I reckon Mickey's at least six five, and Jack wouldn't be far off that either. And one of his idols it was Kevin Peterson. Another tall batsman, probably okay. the probably the last great tall batsman in the world, uh, and they're pretty pretty similar mm-hmm. the way they set up wide stance, try and stay low, uh, but he he's got a, a a pull shot, and it's not uh, it's probably not going too far to say it's reminiscent of Ricky Ponting because he jumps over anything short. But if you have any comparison to Ricky Ponting, that can't be a bad thing. Absolutely not, gee whiz, that's a it's a wrap, isn't it? Coming from you, Sam, it sounds like you might have found a new favourite player in the ship. No, someone else said that. That wasn't me. Uh, also, oh, right. <laughs> with the batters, <laughs> there's a bit of somewhat uh, uncertainty around the test lineup. I think Justin Langer said that the, the team over there in Dubai is very much a, a horses for courses type situation. When it comes back mm-hmm. to Australia, the conditions are going to be vastly different. So, with that being said, maybe the test lineup isn't as set as some people might think. Uh, some batting spots might open up, and Curtis Patterson. We'll be hoping that one of those spots belongs to him. He was on the India A Tour earlier in the year. He was talked about um, in 2016 when they had that overhaul after that Hobart mauling. Um, he just needs to get some runs on the board. But he's got the game. He's had some leadership experience this summer already with Peter Neville being out with a busted thumb. He's back in there as VC for the Blues. And a player with who's promised a lot. Maybe this can be the year that he puts all those runs and those scores and converts those, those scores. I think he's got a pretty... Uh, uh, Joe Root-esque conversion rate of 50s to 100s. If he can put a couple of triple-figure scores on the board, who knows, there might be a bag of green this summer. Certainly helps your case, doesn't it, those hundreds, and as we've heard uh, discussed. But, you know, he's another guy who I guess like Hanscom and even Renshaw, who's over there at the moment, but on the outer, it seems. Um, I guess Labashane really jumped the queue. Uh, so, you know, he'll be under pressure to make runs, um, even though... Uh, like you say, I guess Langer has kind of dangled the carrot a bit there to a few other batsmen ahead of the India test, just saying, well, you know, essentially saying that the current 11 isn't in stone. Um, like you say, horses for courses. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, a few early shield rounds. If you score one, two, three hundreds, then you're putting your name up there, aren't you? You must be. Finally, South Australia, after two finals appearances, the Redbacks finished last in 2017-18. No Travis Head, who was on international duty and made a spectacular debut over there in Dubai. So it's up to Jake Lehman to captain the side. Experience in the batting order with Cooper and Ferguson 
While with the ball, you'd think they'd be led by uh, Joe Minnie and Chad Sayers, the one test players at the moment. Um, but I've got to say, uh, following on a bit from from Jack Edwards with the, those flowing locks, how good is it to see a, a ginger spinner in Lloyd Pope potentially get a debut? <laughs> it's terrific, isn't it? And, you know, he was the name uh, people might have forgotten, but I think it was January or February this year, he was on everybody's lips, every cricket fan at least. He took eight for, for Australia's under-19 side in the World Cup and bowled them to victory from absolutely nowhere. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Sammy, but I think it was against the Poms as well. So, correct. Uh, that, that was... Uh, that was all the better. Uh, and now, yeah, there's big raps on him. He's, uh looks like he might get a gig in, in the Shield stuff. Always exciting to see a, uh, a wrist spinner um, get a gig, yeah, regardless of the colour of his hair, to be honest. <laughs> Absolutely. I think Shane Warren, was he a uh, strawberry blonde leg spinner? or? <laughs> <laughs> well, peroxide blonde. I think it's straight from the bottle warning. <laughs> exactly. Ask him, it's definitely blonde. There's no... There's no touch of red there. Another exciting play for them is Nick Winter. In in recent times, the Adelaide Oval pitch has had a little bit more grass on it. It's not that um, that bowler's graveyard it used to be back in the day. Now the the seamers with the, with the Redbacks' strong seam attack, they're getting a, a lot of purchase out of it. So I wonder how he will go if given a chance. Yeah, I mean, he took every chance he had last summer, didn't he? I think he took an a extraordinary amount of wickets considering how few games he played. And... Um, was just an excellent addition to yeah what you say is already a very strong group of seamers with Chad Sayers and Joe Manny, Kane Richardson. So no, they've got a good attack, the South Australians, and yeah, Pope could be an excellent addition to it as well. All right. They're the teams, AB. Uh, it's an interesting format this year with so many games for the first five rounds uh, before the first test against India at the Adelaide Oval. I know that uh, playing Shield cricket already the stakes are already really high, but do you think they might even be a little bit higher this year, given the landscape of Australian Test cricket at the moment and with so many spots possibly available? Do you think the players are just going to be even more amped up for it? Yeah, quite possibly. I think they'd probably give you the old line of uh, you know always being up for a game for their state and the rest of it. But um, there's no doubt they've all got their eyes on um, the next level as well and. Yeah, like you say, there's opportunities of plenty at the moment. With the fast bowling group, there's always injuries, aren't there? There's always guys mm. seizing opportunities when you least expect it. I think from the outside looking in, you think, okay, it'll just be the usual, those three Blues quicks who will play the Test Series against India. But um, something always pops up where other guys get their chances. And, uh, yeah, you can expect the, the same this summer, I'm sure. And likewise with the batting group, you just don't know. Um, how things are going to pan out, but there's plenty of guys who will be desperate to make uh, an early impression on Justin Langer, I'm sure. And having had a look at all those squads, AB, I know we're a long way out, but what team do you like the most? What team do you think might get to the end, might win it all, maybe even a top two? Who's who's going to be in the final? Oh, geez, you're putting me on the spot there, Sammy. Um, I will suggest South Australia for a good season. Uh, like we talked about, they've got a very good bowling attack, and um, they've still got good bats in there. Ferguson, Lehman, uh, particularly like Jake Weatherall. Um, so there's a couple who who should hold their batting group together. Plenty of wraps on Harry Nilsson too. Um, and outside of that, well, might be hard to go past the Vicks again. They're looking pretty good, aren't they? I think um, another good bowling group, and yeah, like we said, the likes of Hanscom. 
Cameron White, Travis Dean, Marcus Harris. They've got proven performers in the shield. So I don't know, maybe those two. Um, but who knows? What are we in October? It's a long way till March. It's a long way. I can't believe you didn't say Queensland. You won't be able, <laughs> no, you won't be let back in there. And They're going to kick me out. That's right. Just for the record, I think New South Wales will win it. Well, there you go. I should have asked you, Sammy, but I knew what you were going to say <laughs> for your answer. It'll be an interesting season with the Blues. I'm not sure if they'll win it. They'll definitely be uh, definitely definitely be vying for the finals, uh, especially early in the competition. Yeah, and it's such a young New South Wales squad. We're used to seeing them sort of packed with seasoned veterans and test players, but this year it's a, a whole different kettle of fish, and they've got a new coach in, in Jakes who sort of certainly paved the way for Queensland's success uh, last season under Wade Seckham. So, yeah, it might be a good good formula for the Blues. AB, thank you so much for coming on, mate. Don't forget you can catch all of AB's in-depth, long-form feature articles on cricket.com.au. Stay tuned for this James Pattinson one. I've seen a sneak preview of it. It sounds exciting, and Pato really opened up to you, didn't he, AB? Yeah, Pato had some good things to say. He's uh, very motivated. Um, he's actually just become a dad for the first time as well, so he was chatting about that uh, and life away from cricket after a very serious back surgery that he had last November. But, um, yeah, he's nearly 12 months on from that. He's just come back to some cricket as a as a batsman, got 100 in the Futures League last week, and, um, yeah, now he's got all eyes on the Ashes next year. Jackson Bird, look out. <laughs> Indeed. All right, AB. Thanks, mate. Take care. Thanks, Amy. That's it for this week's episode. Don't forget, for all the news, scores and highlights from the second test between Australia and Pakistan and the live stream of the JLT Sheffield Shield, head to cricket.com.au and the CA Live app. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.